This episode of Ain't That Swell is brought to you by the Usher Cup World Club Challenge. What a marvellous weekend of deep draining cones behind the rocket snapper it was. Celebrating club culture, not just here in Australia, but around the globe. Big congratulations to Dimity Stoyle for taking out the Open Women's Division. To Morgan Siblick, who won the Open Men's. And to the unfancied but much lauded family club, M&M, Mermaid Nobbies Miami, for taking out the team's club challenge. Yes, it was glorious to watch this club slaughter their uppity, much-celebrated Gold Coast neighbours like an up-and-coming serial killer in a room full of kittens. It was North Shore board riders who took out the overall point score. Congratulations to Shane Bevan and co for another big win there. The Usher Cup World Cup Challenge raised over $100,000 for local charities. And you can bet that Theo Varantakis and Wayne Rabbit Bartholomew will be back bigger and better in 2024. The following conversations took place at the Usher Cup President's Dinner, a soiree at the Greenmount Surf Life Saving Club, where steaks were served on plates of pure gold and many a coin was lost in the Bricky's laptop. Please enjoy insights from Brad Gerlach, Joel Parkinson, Ryan Hipwood, Nathan Hedge, and Wayne Rabbit Bartholomew. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ask you're gonna find me, because I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back, drop down, say, ah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that looks good, Alvin. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back. <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, autocrats, dictators, despots and desperados. Welcome to the Usher Cup's palatial presidential dinner. It is I, the head of the Degenerati, the Illuminati of the surfing literati, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. Smithy, Smithy, everybody. And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Give it up for Vaughn. Hey. Thank you. G'day, Smithy. I'm just going to get Rabs and the Presidente RP2, please. Beautiful. How good, Vaughn. It's not often we get asked to dine with the creme de la creme of the glitter strip. In this uh, gold varnished uh, restaurant with its extravagant crockery and lavish poker machines. Mm. It's uh, a real treat to be here. And, and, and what an occasion. The World, uh, the World Club Challenge, the inaugural Usher Cup World Club yeah. Challenge. And it would be remiss of us not to extend our warmest greetings to all of our foreign competitors. Uh, to, the, to, to the Padma Beach boys, a, a, a sincere uh, hello, Mr. Mashro Mashroom, Sudo, Sudo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know the Santa Cruz lads are here And uh, I understand meth is very popular in Santa Cruz uh, So too is it popul- popular in the Tweed So uh, you'll be right at home <laughs> And uh, who else we got, Vaughn? Uh, a couple of the, the cousins uh, Big Kyoto bro to the uh, Kiwis The cousins from across the ditch uh, I invite you to take um, advantage of the generous welfare system here As you and your kind have done for Decades past. Enjoy. And uh, who else we got, Vaughn? Anyone else I haven't insulted in the room yet? Oh, mate, you've done a, you've done a good job, Smitty. Well done. No, mate, look, I'm, uh, I'm frothing to be here. I just can't believe how much club culture has changed. Uh, Rabs, this would have been a very different looking event if it was uh, held back in the, what, late to mid-80s when uh, I was first 
introduced to club surfing. Uh, it wasn't sort of dinner parties like this and fundraisers raises for charity. It was, uh, I don't know, who could pull the most rompers uh, behind the dunes or uh, who could shove the most 20-cent pieces in their foreskin. I don't know, there was all sorts of weird Actually, on that, Weird Al could fit 19 bucks in his foreskin. So Are he was you going, kidding me? No, he was really what? solid. Yeah, mate, I just can't believe... I can't believe just how much has changed and... But, mate, yeah, tell us about the early days, your, your earliest memories of, of club surfing and what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, my first, uh, my first function that I ever went to was uh, in uh, 1968 Akira and the Wind and Sea Club that was in Service Paris, they, they were like the superstars with Paul Nielsen and Peter Drew and they all came down and there was this big dinner like this and I don't know who started but someone threw a sandwich... And next minute, it was just the amazing food fight of all times. Oh, no. And I, 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 I ducked, and then Queen Elizabeth copped a, a custard tart right in the mushka. <laughs> so it was um, pretty wild days right, back in those days. Oh, God rest her soul. I hope you haven't inspired any uh, similar actions tonight, mate. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man, this could be a pretty messy food fight if everyone starts no. flaring up. I'm up for it. No, no custard tarts. <laughs> Um, what about you, Jay? Uh, early memories, uh, club surfing would have been still pretty degenerate back when you were first kicking in. I don't know. I actually um, had a Rabbit talk about that he went with Peter Townend to um, America to try and introduce um, board riding um, club surfing to America. And um, it didn't really take on until the last couple of years. And um, it's just been an amazing journey for us. You know, nearly going into 60 years and... You know, um, 10 years president at Snapper Rocks and nine years president before that. And uh, I just love surfing in the club. And it's a different feeling competing and for your club because there's a lot of, um, you know, feelings if you don't win and there's a lot of feelings even when you don't. But, um, and, you know, if you don't, there's a lot of um, backlash on yourself and you're not in the team again. But um, luckily I went along for those years and actually did pretty good. But, yeah, love surfing for the club. And surfing's just really taken off in, in, in Australia with the board riders at another level. And thanking Theo and Rabbit for making this really happen and, um, and thanking all the international board riders come over to Australia to compete at Snapper Rocks and we'll do our best to uh, make you feel welcome. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, 10 years is... Yeah. Ten years as president, though. Who are you, Vladimir Putin? <laughs> I don't know. I just love saying. I just love saying the last say in the club. That's all. <laughs> How many elections have you rigged? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of under the table kind of stuff. Oh, but it's I bet all right. there is a couple, couple Fingal heads getting passed under the <laughs> table. I bet. <laughs> well, I did grow up in Fingal heads, so yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, knocking on the door and <laughs> if I wasn't getting the vote. Hey, Bugs, mate, tell us a bit about this format and where you've, uh, you know, got some of your ideas and inspiration from. Well, it was, um, it's kind of like your opening speech. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> look, you know, Thea and I just, uh, look, you know what, I've got to tell you, like, we're just running a surf contest. And uh, I, uh, I just think what, what brings the magic to the surf contest is, is you folks and uh, particularly all, the, all those that have travelled a long way to get here. You know, it's not easy uh, international travel these days and, uh, you know, flights are cancelled and, uh, you know, connections aren't made and it's a, it's a big deal for you all to travel here. Even those Australian clubs, Australia's a huge country. Last year, Narrabeen, North Narrabeen and Torquay and North Shelley came. And that really started us to expand and uh, stoke you guys are back and Merriweather to join us. And, you know, it's a long way. Like, Torquay's 2,000 kilometres away, so... It's hard to get here from all around Australia too. So it's a huge effort to come. And uh, I'm just super thrilled because that kind of is where the magic lies for me. That's my perspective on it. Mate, I just love that you've, uh, you've got the jump on the Olympics. Like, uh, to me, this is the ultimate format for, uh, for team events. Um, you know, we've been a part of the Usher Cup for three years now, Theo. We've watched it grow. Um, to bring in this international element, I think it was crucial. Uh, how excited are you to see these international teams compete? Oh, I'm just like, sometimes I just have to just pinch myself sometimes and just think, far out, like, look at what we've created. But seriously, like, watching it, you know, from the very first time when we started the Usher Cup, it was actually about getting the board riders together because there was no... There was no club rounds. There was nothing to do. And it wasn't just a surfing community. It was footy clubs, netball clubs, all the different um, crafts of sport out there. And it was, you know, then we all saw what happened with the border closures, the lockdowns, 
that the kids started turning into pests and, and um, going different ways. And, and it was Rabs and I was sort of thinking we'd get everyone together and, and give them something to strive for. And we did that COVID-adapted event. But we pulled it off and it fucking worked. And, and it was epic. And, and it really was that community grassroot, uh, grassroots level. We supported our local charities. We got the kids understanding about supporting charities. And then year two, then it was a national event. So all the other clubs came from around the country. It was like, oh, I want to get in on this gig, you know. I want to come up and compete against all the, all the local board riders. And then here we are today. It was true Usher Cup fashion. We've got to be bigger and bigger and better and you know, way more awesome than the last year. And now we're World Club Challenge. And, you know, it's, um, can't tell you about the next stage. <laughs> but to get back to your question. <laughs> Could be a bit of that going on. Like it's a, it, it is. It's a hybrid event. And um, it always was. But this year with the, uh, the World Club Challenge uh, part of it, it's like we've got the Usher Cup men's title up for grabs. We've got the Usher Cup women's title up for grabs and the World Club Championship. And overall... The, the, the winner of the, of the men's gets 1,200 points. The winner of the women's, 1,200. The winner of the club, 1,500. So there's 3,900 points up for grabs. And it's just going to be a, a, a mishmash. I mean, my, my real perspective, and it's really come to me, just meet, meeting all the, greeting the teams and just seeing everyone. I've just got this kind of feeling that I like, I wish everyone could make the final. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't want to let, I don't want anyone to get eliminated. It's just going to be so much fun. But... Uh, it's going to be a, a pretty solid competition. Uh, every club's got four incredible surfers. So, you know, if you, if you went to 10 or 12 surfers, probably the, the big glamour clubs with the depth have got the advantage. But, like, with just um, a small amount, every single club has got excellent surfers. And so this is really open. Amazing. And it's worth reflecting on. I mean, I always pinch myself when I'm sitting next to you, Bugs. It's from your pineal gland that the vision for the ASP dream to elite, you know, the greatest competitive concept ever. And, uh, I mean, I'm interested to know, you know, more broadly, just some of your highlights uh, from your, your, your contest directing career and, uh, you know, leading up till now. Well, I mean, I, I just like to um, have a little bit of luck running with us to get the good surf. That's all. Uh, you know, I, you've dialed it up too. The, the, the sand's good behind well, the rock here, a, and there's a fun little east swell on the way. Well, there's a few dances on Point Danger on the full moon. Oh, you got to do all that, Kira. Yes, all, all yes. that sort of stuff. You know, yep, what I mean? yep, yep. <laughs> Charge your crystals under the full moon. <laughs> How good are hybrid events for? Nah, I mean, they're, they're really good, aren't they? I, I also enjoy hydro events, uh, which I'll be doing in the car park after this uh, when we knock off. But. Yeah, I love the hybrid events as well. Uh, you know, there's been plenty over the years, but um, yeah, coming back to, to this one, uh, I think the magic is the community sharing it. And uh, I can't believe that Snapper Rocks has just opened up the point to uh, so many different crew. I mean, it's like that pretty much every day of the week, isn't it? It's like a, a World Club Challenge every single time you paddle out there. Uh, but yeah, at least I'll have rashies on and we can pick who the enemy is and burn them later. <laughs> And what are you guys most excited about? I mean, there's, just, there's a lot to be excited about, but, uh, you know, from uh, the bank's epic, there's a little swell on the way uh, in terms of the surfing that's going to be on show and some of the different uh, regional flavours that we're going to be looking at. What's got you most jazzed? Well, I mean, you know, Theo and I greeting all the, the surfers as they arrived from overseas was a, a real thrill. It was a real thrill. What did you give them? Did you have a little kind of uh, yeah, yeah, ambassadorial yeah. package of some description? Yeah, we, we exchanged gifts. We, got the, they, we gave them koala bears and they gave us what they bought through customs. <laughs> <laughs> well paid. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a surf contest, you know? Yeah, that's right, yeah. How, how do you think, uh, you know, that's how they get underway, isn't it? It's how the ch you that's can't how the change, isn't it, Orn? All events in surfing history have started exactly the same. All surf <laughs> companies in surfing history have started exactly so the same. It was, it was just good merchandise and... Um, <laughs> The so, best merchandise, look, uncut, pure <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> but, um, you know, what, what, what really thrills us is, you know, Theo and I going out and, and, and visiting all the charities and, you know, being um, part of, you know, spending, a, uh, you know, half a day with each of them and really understanding what they do. And they just do amazing things in this community. And that's the other part of the hybrid event. You know, it's, it's very much a charity event. Um, 
it's, you know, we feel good about surfing doing that. And uh, I think it's a good look for the sport. And we encourage more surfers to, to get involved and uh, get involved in your local charity and actually roll your sleeves up and get in there with them and, you know, do some good stuff in the community. What about you, Jay? What are you looking forward to this weekend, mate? Are you going to um, drop the snapper hammer and try and send these clubs back to wherever they came from with their tail between their legs? I don't know. We've got a uh, remarkable team and great depth in the club and, um, you know, we can't really run everyone, but um, we've got some wild cards into it as well and uh, a couple of injuries from certain surfers as well. But, um, you know, just through my years of competing for the club, I've been, always been a big, big admirer of other board riders clubs running big teams events. And Kira Surf Riders Club, they're running into their 39th year this year with running their Kira Teams Challenge. And I'm fucking so stoked with you guys doing something that's always given back to the board riders around here. And yeah, man, you guys are amazing. Same with Point Lockout board riders over there in North Australia with the Australia Assault. You know, I always walked away going, wow, how are we going to give back with that? You know, and now we're going into our third year with this. Maybe, you know, that was when I was like thinking and going, you know, we've been taking so much from all these board riders. We were on such a winning streak for so many years. Now we've got to give back a little bit. But this is the perfect timing to be able to do something like that. And um, uh, we just had a remarkable team going through the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s. And, and uh, what a great feeling to be able to stand in front of you guys running such a big show like mm. this. It's going to be amazing. And, and club culture and these teams' events are a huge part of Australian surfing at Big thanks to Kira and uh, the Strati Assault's another one, the, the old surf league way back in the day. Um, what's your favourite memory? Because there's uh, a lot of shenanigans that go down. There's some pretty heroic moments that go down. Is there a wave or a performance that, you know, from all your years of surfing with Snapper that just blew your head off? Um, I think it was just for our first time when we all gelled as a team winning the Quicksilver Surf League that one year. And it was like shitty conditions. They've just put out a junior team. The whole open team was just... <laughs> over us then we're thinking that what's rabbit doing cutting us out of the team we're putting juniors in and we just fucking blitzed them and i'm fucking there yeah we won it that year and yeah and uh yeah that was probably one of our most remarkable wins and we went on a good winning streak after that mm. yeah i remember uh seeing i think it was nick mushcroft maybe getting a 10 on his double whammy wave for a, a team's challenge win once that, that was probably one of my favorite team event wins. What about you, Bugs? You got anything that sticks out from all your years of surfing in club events that, you know, really brought it home? Not really. <laughs> it's, it's just been, it's just been a, a great ride. I mean, surf club, surfing, surf rider clubs are like 60 years old in Australia and uh, it's, a, it's an institution. I'm just stoked to see, uh, you know, I, I just hope this encourages kind of surf riding clubs, board riding clubs globally and that it, it helps to really expand it because they really, it really is uh, a communal thing, you know, and I'm really stoked to see what's happening in the United States. Um, you know, they've really embraced it. It's, it's massive over there now, and um, it's a, it was a long time coming. And, uh, but, you know, being America, you know, they've got, they've got a commissioner, they've got a chairman, they've got, it, they've got it really cooking over there, and I'm stoked about that. And I think globally I'd like to see European clubs really take to the fore. Um, you know, South American clubs, that'd be pretty gnarly. Well, we might leave them out. <laughs> it depends what they bring through customs, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, Smivy, uh, mate, uh, I see the food has been put on the tables. You're a member of uh, ITN, the Bondi Board Riders Club. Is there any highlights from your time in that club that uh, isn't going to make people regurgitate what they've put in their mouths so far? Uh, yeah, I'll leave all the Will Weber shit stories out then. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... It was a bit before my time, but I guess I'd have to rate uh, someone throwing Gary Elkerton's window, uh, sorry, TV out the hotel room window as a highlight. That was after we won the 1986 Surf League Championships. Uh, they're two of my highlights in that order. Uh, not, not that I got anything wrong with, uh, I got no problem with Gary Elkerton. I just thought it was a classic gag throwing a TV out a window. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess Will Weber, uh, far out. I said I wasn't going to say the shit stories, but uh, I mean, far out. The guy was just an absolute master of dick tricks, uh, public dick tricks, uh, whether it be in the middle of a heat or the middle of a presentation or the middle of a presidential dinner. You know, he'd whip it out or tuck it behind. It was genius. Uh, ITN board riders, obviously, are standing for in the nude board riders and just uh, an iconic eastern suburbs institution. Very proud to have descended from that cultural lineage. 
And uh, Sport Anderson. Sport Anderson, an icon. I think he lives up here now. Uh, he may allegedly have been the guy who uh, threw that TV out of Kong's window. But, um, yeah, that, that was... A, I mean, look, we had shit waves, uh, a, a sloppy fucking inner-city beach break, but uh, what we lacked in high-quality surf, we made up for with shenanigans, and I think that goes to the heart of what club surfing's all about, in my opinion, Vaughn. Good surfing and plenty of dick tricks. And, you know, and, of course, the big one that we can't mention is the infamous Bradley Stubbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can't talk about that one. <laughs> Bondi legend. All right, well, uh, a big round of applause for Bugs, Theo and Jay. Good to see you, boys. Have a great weekend. On you, Bugsy. See you, legend. Rightio, ladies and gentlemen, dinner's coming through and uh, to entertain you while that happens, Smithy's got some good old-fashioned Bondi dick tricks, so get ready. No, I'll abort. The, yeah. uh, the bouncer at the back was making that throat-slitting gesture, so uh, I'll, I'll untuck my hey. mangina and... How many 20 cent pieces can you fit in that thing, Smithy? Uh, how many? I'm more on the uh, five cent spec, but. Uh... <laughs> All right, we've got a couple of special guests. Let's uh, welcome to the stage Joel Parkinson, the 2012 world champ. He's the 2012 pipeline master. He's the surfer, surfer too. He's a sunny coast coolie legend. He's drained to Timbuktu. When it comes to professional surfing, he's our swellian guru. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Parkos knows. Parkos knows. And Brad Gerlach, former world number one in 1990. God bless him. Thank you, Hoggy. Brad Gerlach, come on up. Want to know something really funny, Smithy? I do. I'm always down for a laugh. Vaughn Corn, you know that? The first time I met Gurr, I was 14 years old. I'd hitchhiked up from Mullum High, taking the day off school. I was up here and uh, it started getting too dark to get home, so I, I asked a mate if I could crash with him, and he was like, yeah, you can crash, but you're coming to Hill Street Nightclub with me. And I was like, I'm 14. And he goes, yeah, we'll figure something out. As we're walking up the hill, we find Bruce Lee's ID on the ground. <laughs> so I pick it up. And I handed this giant bouncer. I'm like, he's going, hey, mate. And he looks at it and he just goes, yeah, in you go, Bruce. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, fuck, this is heavy. Anyway, I walked in. There's Gerd playing pool. And I just pretty much jaw on the floor, just surf hero. Just went, no way, it's girl. I just walked over like, got in your way, mate. I fuck, just fanned out like a lunatic. Good to see you back on the hill, mate. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Welcome thanks back. For, thanks to the... The guy that played the music here and welcomed everybody, I, I just thought that was just so beautiful. It, 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 it really is like a Rabbit, you know, doing, bringing the contest and bringing people together. Uh, some of the, my earliest memories with contests were everybody getting together, cracking jokes, <laughs> telling stories, looking at each other's boards. Uh, you know, you're going to ride that thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all kinds of just shenanigans and... And then, I don't know, like, it seems like, oh, and everybody's up in this tower and, and they're up there, you know, like, they're not down on the ground. And I think that the contests are so wonderful when everybody's on the ground talking. Mm. And that's what they were. I mean, you hear about, like, the 66 World uh, Championships in San Diego when the, you know, Nat Young and McTavish came over with the short boards and everybody just went, what the fuck? You know, I'm riding this log and these guys are on that thing. You know, it's like unreal. And that's so healthy for surfing. Uh, I mean, even last, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the Burley single fin event, which was really, really fun. Um, seeing everybody ride <laughs> these old boards and tearing the bag out of it. Um, I, I was unlucky enough to have a heat with um, this guy here. Who's, I, he's got some, like, he's probably blown, he, he's probably blown it up with foam or something, you know, but actually it probably weighs like a thousand pounds. He's still f fucking carbs it around. <laughs> but anyway, I think that these kinds of events are really healthy for surfing and, um, and I'm, 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 quite honored to be asked to come up here and <laughs> I don't know why I'm here but uh fucking you know <laughs> yeah go. well you're here because you're a legend mate that's why and Paco uh welcome back to the Usher Cup mate uh your home break it's your home club uh you're on a roll what's going on are you back on the Challenger series you're hitting the Cubra no I just uh I've surfed one event this year and that's enough for me so and you won it yeah, I surf, oh, I surf one event a year. It's the last weekend of the year and the first weekend of the next following year, and they just it's their 
uh, the weekends either side. So, yeah, back in retirement for me. And, mate, like, I ask you this every time we're together, but how's it going with surfing right now? I mean, I know you've got a a little tweet in your back, so it's a, a difficult question, but, like, you're winning these single fins, you're winning the club championships. You're obviously having a ball. Last time we saw you on Twins, you were loving that. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I love it. I, I'm just having one of those purple patches where I'm really, really enjoying my surfing. Um, surf as much as I can, and especially like the, the ways we had over the last uh, few weeks. It's just been, like today, it's just been really fun, um, really hard to go in, and I've just been kind of... I've had days where I've surfed three times in a day and I haven't done that much, so I've just been kind of frothing on surfing again and falling back in love with it and I don't know it might you know, some it surfing's one of those things sometimes I may not surf for a week or two weeks and then I'll fall in love and surf for three months straight unreal man now uh, we had a bit of a swell event a, a kind of a global swell apocalypse uh, over there in Hawaii and then uh, up around California some of your old stomping grounds Todos Santos Cortez Bank fucking maxed out uh, I'll, I'll be interested to, to get your take. Uh, let, let's go first to, to Cortez and, and Todos. Um, you're pretty familiar with those p- parts of the world, Gur. Can you talk to us? Uh, Greg Long got a fucking, I don't know how big people call that, 50 foot, 60 foot maybe, paddled it. Mate, uh, talk to us about that wave. Can you kind of just break it down, what it looks like maybe uh, for those of us who haven't been there, which I guess is pretty much everyone. But, uh, yeah, just the setup there and, and what would have been going through his mind when he's having to... T- Totos? Yeah. Uh, Totos first? Yeah. Um, well, to, the, the thing about Totos is you have these uh, freak, like, sets that come through that break farther out than all the other waves. And when those are coming in you, and you're paddling, <laughs> you're paddling going, oh, please don't be another one. I mean, it's really like that. You're paddling is scratching as hard as you can going, please, when I come over this, please don't be another one. And then it's come over another one and it's real dark. And uh, it's it's very scary. Wow! Uh, so it's common yeah. to wear those on the head, those big ones that Greg got. Uh, yep, yep, yep. You wow. you know that that's kind of, but you can't just be sitting out there waiting for those because you'll be sitting for three hours or whatever, you know. And they just you just don't know when they're coming, so you you're sitting in a you're trying to sit in a place to catch a wave, and you, you know everybody surfs here. You fucking wait an hour for a wave. You're like fuck. I'm fucking paddling in there, man. Fuck it. I don't even care if I'm going to get smashed. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait. Not the right time. Not the right time. You know. Ooh, fuck. Okay, I'm going to sit out here for a while. Fuck. I'm waiting an hour. Like, fuck, fuck it. I'm back in there. Ooh, ha, ooh, ha. You know, like, it's just, <laughs> it's, just how it, it's just how it is. And then you get one. You're like, yeah, I knew I could fucking do it. <laughs> I mean, it's just... And then you go, why am I even out here? It's not even fucking fun. And then you get one. You're like, fuck, that was the best time ever. Are we going in yet? Oh, fuck, it's 9.30 in the morning? Fuck, I have to keep going? Have you felt that before? You know you felt that before. I mean, I, mean, it's, I, mean, I was a children. I was like, fuck, I got a couple sick. Okay. It's 9.30? <laughs> Shit. All right. No, it's, it's scary. Sorry, it's Scott, fucking scary. one of those steaks, please. <laughs> And Johnny, I need, I need your bra boy wisdom on that. Don't protect that thing. No, you don't swap on that. Three, you served three times yeah, then yeah. today. <laughs> and Cortez Bank, man, I mean, uh, what is that, like 100 k's out to sea or something like that? I mean, talk us through a bit of the history of that, that joint. How was it discovered? And, uh, I mean, you and Snips must have been among the, the first to really push the limits out there. It's 105 mile out there, mate. Not fucking 100k. Fair right, you can't. Dead set. Are you dead set in the fair dinkum department? Mate, you're a journalist. Are you, you fucking know? No, um, yeah, it's 100, 105 miles out. It's it's a it's a freakish. I'm, I mean, I'm 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 kind of the first time we went. <laughs> the first time we went out there, you know, was, there was a bunch of Parsons. It's my friend and my tow partner, and there's a lot of. He was talking with Larry Moore. Great guy, photographer. He sort of discovered it on a on a plane coming back from uh, a huge swell. Looked out the window, was like, "What is that?" And then they just started researching it and all that stuff. And then, and that was in the '90s. And then, around we started towing like uh, Parsons and I in 2000. And then, it, before too long, it was like, "Hey, we're going to be going out to this Cortez spot. And it's 105, 100 miles out, whatever." And it's like, okay, okay, okay. I just kind of didn't really fully 
like totally I, I was know what I was you know getting myself into and then fuck man we got on the boat and then we're heading out there <laughs> and I get seasick so it's like I was like fuck you want to get stoned and I'm like fuck okay like I'll get stoned you know because when I get stoned I, I'm not seasick anymore but then I'm fucking paranoid and I'm like fuck <laughs> like what am I and I'm going paranoid or seasick I guess I'd rather be paranoid but fucking what are we doing we're fucking what are we doing what's gonna be out there it's, you know, and is somebody gonna die? Fuck! Is it, it like re it was real? You know, and then and it was so incredible. Just in the morning, just these waves that are like in slow motion. Oh, kaboom! You know, like that slow. You're like, it's got to be big when it's doing that. And then, you know, that I will say on record for the Santa Cruz guys that I caught the first wave that day, not Pete Mel, because Parsons is that much of a snap froth person that he was like fucking we're out there we're out there we're out there and then we're out there so um so i got the first one and um i never had been going that fast before ever on a surfboard but so yeah that was one of the greatest days of my life yeah how did you guys find that wave uh larry moore found it like i said he was flying over i guess it, i guess it was after a huge or during a really big swell he was flying and he Looked out the window and saw it. It's and it's there's um, Catalina Island and there's San Clemente Island, which is a, a military island, and then another thirty something miles out is Cortez Bank, and it's got this like, it's like a mountain that doesn't quite um, they call it a sea mount. It doesn't quite submerge, but it's it's seventeen miles long. So there's when you're out there, there's like waves breaking like down that way, like coo 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 coo, and um, you know one time we, we were out there, uh, it's about. 50, 50, 60 foot, just a beautiful sunny day. And um, <clears throat> this uh, jet pilot, like it's just Parsons and I, and then Greg Long and Rusty, but just Mike and I are sitting there just waiting for a set. He's going, fuck man, this is fucking pretty incredible out here. Like, look, it's just like, just so quiet and just, just huge. And, and then this jet f comes by. And, and He's just like circling or like around us, like, look at these fucking crazy fucks out here on a ski with the. What are they doing? And like coming down, like kind of so close that we're looking up at him, going. And then the guy ripped around like three or four times, and then the final time he ripped around, he just was like, fucking just just straight up. Like he must have been going, oh, these guys are crazy. I'll fucking show you crazy. Like just, you know, it was just kind of this weird connection between crazy people. Although I was like, I, I didn't really. I didn't sign up for the craziness, but somehow I ended up there, you know, one of those deals. But yeah, it's just kind of an incredible. And then they wrote it like, like the last time we were out there was in 2008, and it was quite scary because it was a huge, really stormy day the day before. And the guys had predicted that the winds were gonna lay down. And so we left. We normally leave like three in the morning and stuff like that, but this time we left at like 7.30 and, um, we, by the time we got out there, we were hoping that it went like kind of like flat, like it, the wind laid down and stuff, and it was just the, by far the biggest. I mean, it, it literally looked like that. You know, it was like 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 that shit. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, pointing to one of the uh, classical really Gold Coast high rises. But yeah, no, no it really I, did, I and, and it was like it was like wow. You know, I, I I couldn't imagine doing it now. I'm like, what was I doing? You know, but. Um, uh, and then, of course, my, my, my booties um, fell out of my bag somehow, and I fucking, and I get seasick, like, like I said, I got seasick, so I'm, like, looking in my bag, but then I'm looking at the horizon, and I'm looking in my bag, and I'm looking at the horizon, because I'm like, oh, I gotta breathe, I gotta breathe, I, you know, anybody who gets seasick knows what I'm talking about, if you don't, you're like, fuck, I don't get it, but it's, like, serious nausea, and, um, yeah, so I ended up trying to, my very first wave I, that Mike put me into was just this fucking giant thing. And I could feel my foot slipping in the strap because I, I didn't have booties on. And I, I, I'd organized it with wax and kind of a, a sort of wedge, like a tail pad. And I wanted wedges and I didn't want the back straps because I didn't want to, I don't know, I didn't want to be stuck to the board. I wanted to, I felt like I could get out easier if I ate it, you know? And, um, Fuck! I could feel my foot slightly moving in the, as uh, in there, and it was like it was so sketchy. You know, I knew when I felt like, if I'm not gonna slip for sure, I'm like I, I I pretty much could go anything, and 
get myself in and out of stuff, but this was, so I kicked out of a wave that was fucking, this makes me shiver thinking about it, you know? It's like one of those just giant, giant things, you know? But it's, it's incredible what surfers can do and what they are driven to do. I mean, some of the waves I see over here in Australia, like the right and in West Oz and, you know, down in Tassie and, I, I'm sure there's a bunch that are being ridden that aren't talked about and, you know, like just really dangerous, but also really incredibly powerful, really like life changing, adrenaline, indu like in incredible stuff. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible where surfing, who knows where surfing's going too. I mean, you know. Well, chicks riding 100 foot waves, apparently. I mean, that wave Justine DuPont got, uh, I don't know how big they're calling that, but what was your take on that? Yeah, she she's um, she's quite an incredible athlete, you know. Obviously, and and certainly knows what she's doing. She's a really good surfer, you know. And and um, I, was, I was super stoked to see her doing that. I was also really stoked to see Moana Jones pack that thing at Pipeline. I mean, it's just like it's surfing's not a, a, a real strength thing. It's a real it's a real timing and and body positioning and and uh, so it's wonderful to see how incredible the women are surfing and and what they're doing and yeah it's a, I, I i'm really proud of the fact that surfing isn't just you know it's a it's a all-inclusive type of thing and, and and this event you know with being an individual as well as team i think a, a team thing is is just insane because you know you feel the pressure if you blow it for your team like jay said or you you triumph for your team. It's it's a much better, more rewarding feeling than just doing it for yourself. Oh, I was just gonna. Yeah, well said, Gerb. Um, this year, <laughs> this is this swell event up north, and and the swell events we've seen, you know, in, in, during El Nino or in down here over the last couple of years. Like fuck, mate, surfing is going through the roof. Like the performance levels across the board are just blowing your head off every single time. Parker, you're a 2012 Pipeline Master. Uh, you've surfed a, a thousand heats out there. What did you make of you know the last few days in particular with that backdoor shootout and uh, some of the just fucking heroic rides that went down out there? Um, I thought it was amazing. It sounded really, really intense. A lot of guys ended up in hospital and some in some serious ways. So uh, best of wishes to all those Hawaiian boys that got hurt. Um, but... That pipeline's a scary wave and we all know what it can do and what it has done. Um, and that was, you know, that they were going hard for, the, for that win and for the, for the backdoor shootout. And it was great to see in perfect conditions. And I hope it, I hope it doesn't stop because, you know, we've got the Pipeline Masters coming up in a couple of weeks and I hope the tap doesn't turn off and they surf in average conditions. And I hope to see it big and gnarly for, for that event too. Mm. And what about your own personal experience out there, mate? Have you had a heat that was just, like, terrifying, where it was just, you know, third reef wash-throughs and just absolute mayhem? Or was it because you had, I don't know, an enforcer like Johnny Boy in a heat? Or, you know, what makes it... What's your memory of a really terrifying pipe experience? Um, well, my... Probably my most... It wasn't probably my most terrifying, but it was probably my most emotional, was, was watching Bede after he snapped his pelvis in half and getting dragged up the beach on the jet ski on the back of the ski and uh it was myself and Kyoten in the next heat and Bede was twisted like you know his hip was where he shouldn't be and all that kind of stuff and we were coming down and and then when we were paddling out uh we, I, Otto and I were like mate let's just this is gnarly out here let's just take it really easy just let's just go mellow and we paddle straight in, our heat starts, and like within the first minute a 10-footer comes and Otto just chucks himself straight into it. And I was like, a fucking easy, eh? Like, oh, here we go. Like, um, thank God he ate shit on that wave and I snuck into like a, a medium backdoor one and then uh, I end up winning the heat with a couple of medium scores, but there's no slowing down. And um, I guess that's, that's people, you know, some sort of people that get in those conditions, like, like Cotton, he... He's never, he's never put a break on. He only full, full throttle. So um, that was a pleasure to, pleasure to be in, and it was a horrific thing to see Bede go through. Michael Ho, like mid sixties, yeah. thrown it over the ledge on big stand up first reefers. I mean, surely you always haven't got any excuses now. You got to get over there. <laughs> Come on, what's wrong with you? Well, <laughs> I didn't think I had an excuse after Kelly won pipe, and now we've got Michael Ho. He'll be seventy and doing it, and incredible. Like. Uh, yeah, oh, he's 
still, you know, the way, even the way positioning, lining up at pipeline and doing all the, you know, riding the wave is just one part of it. It's trying to catch the thing and be in position is, and I, and I think that just experience of, you know, 55 years of being an incredible pipe surfer like he has is, you know, just, it made I'm, my jaws on the floor and I give him all the props in the world and, uh, you know, I've, he's older than my dad, he's doing it. <laughs> So it's not you we should be ripping the boot in, it's Bugs. Uh, Come yeah, on, Bugs. Bugs. <laughs> exactly. Dust off the 8-0 penny, mate. Get out there. Uh, boys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, keep it short and sweet because we're uh, running over time. But Cheers. thank you again. The world number ones, Brad Gerlach and Joel Parkinson. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ooh. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. This house ain't no home. Yeah, get it, India. We're going to India. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get up our next guest straight away. Let's uh, welcome him. The how, how would you describe our next guest, mate? I mean, all brangling par excellence, vein throbbing ball of schwitzing tubular pineal energy. <laughs> A wild, untethered hog. <laughs> yeah, and the hippo as well. Let's get him up. Hippo Ryan Hipwood and Nathan Hog Hedge. Speaking of Orb's immortal conequence, these two have seen the insides of more than anyone else in this room, pretty much. For a couple of hungry, insatiable tube pigs like you two, how do you cop that swell and seeing what people are doing over there in Hawaii and, and California and at the moment I mean it is just non-stop vish. yeah it's definitely hard to watch um, you know it's four foot here and you know they're getting tubed off their head and it's you know and especially that Jaws stuff I mean there's um, a couple of wine boys are here um, definitely got me fired up again and um, it's just insane the level of big wave surfing at the moment um, and especially what they're doing it's like they're just treating it like a six foot wave and it's um the consequences of that is just insane. So hats off to them, and uh, I got a lot of it out of my system, so I'm pretty content watching for the time being. But um, yeah, it's it's just good. It's good for the sport, and um, really good viewing pleasure as well. Smithy did an interview today with, um, or it went live today, I should say, with Michael Ho and Mason Ho and uh, Logan Julian talking about sort of the backdoor shootout. And one of the the good themes that got brought up was like how much is too much. How much vige, how many, you know, death-defying tubes you have to pull into before you can go, all right, I've had my fill. Uh, there's a fine line, you know, you, you push it too much and, and um, you know, you, you're going to pay. You've got to pay to, you, you know, got to pay to play. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of friends in that backdoor shootout that had some close calls and um, you get lucky though, you know, you know, you can go through a career and, you know, kind of get quite lucky, but then it's just that one time, you know, and uh, I think in, in one year I saw three friends drown and uh, so it was a bit of an eye-opening experience. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, but I mean, it's all, it's all part and parcel of what you do and um, I think they're pushing the limits, but at the end of the day, um, each one of them love it, so that's why they do it. Hoggy, uh, you know, we saw it at Chopes, mate. Like you, uh, you push yourself to the very limit every time. It, it comes from a place that's almost impossible to control. It's so emotional for you. You know, you've, you've paid the price. Like uh, Hippo said, you, you, you ripped your shoulder out of the socket in a Chopes final. Uh, you went back with everything on the line and left nothing, nothing to question, nothing to chance. It was all there. The show you put on is, is well known to everyone in this room. How does it sit with you, that line, today? You know, you're, you're a father as well. And, um, you know, wh where does it sit for you? Where, how do you control when you're starting to get too close to it? Well, I think, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of surfing. It's um, no, no two waves are the same and it's an insatiable desire. I mean, as surfers, it's just, that's the best thing. I think the beauty about surfing is, you know, I can be 43 or you can be like 63 like Michael Ho and it can feel like you're 13 again getting your first barrel. You're like, yeah, I got pitted, you know. So it's like I think it's, um, it's never-ending and as a surfer you're always chasing, chasing that feeling and um, it just never gets old and that's just where the magic lies. So 
Um, you know, yeah, I'm hoping that I can surf till till I can walk down the beach and paddle out. So it's, I don't know, it's just, it's never ending. Yeah, and that performance in Tahiti was one of the all-time great performances, I reckon, uh, by an Australian surfer. And one of the great comeback stories, man. Talk to us about, uh, you know, just the process of getting yourself up for it mentally, physically, and, and where you get the motivation from it at this stage of your career. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was just about, you know, never giving up. And I guess, I guess the, you know, one thing to come out of is it's like if it doesn't make sense to other people, it doesn't matter as long as it makes sense to you, you know, because um, as long as you believe in something, back, back yourself in, into that position, um, you, can, you know, you can achieve anything. And had a lot of adversity over the last couple of years and, um, you know, it was a lot of people probably would have thought, even when I got the wild card for the event, I had a lot of hecklers sort of going, oh, I don't think it's time to give someone else a turn. And, and um, you know, you've had your turn, Hog, and I got a lot of sort of negative sort of stuff coming at me, but I just had to put that aside. And people didn't quite know the effort that I'd put in to get there. You know, I'd ridden for out of nine for three years on the back of not getting a dime, but just paying it forward to hope that to get this opportunity and and um, you know to um, to get back there and you know like I've told my story before and you know I'm probably repeating myself, but you know I fell off tour pretty early. I went really high and then I went really low and I fell off tour and you know I was on the tour with Parker and Mick and you know Chuko and the boys and I feel like I cut my career short. So I had a bit of a bee in my bonnet that I had some unfinished business. So that's what's kind of spurred me on and, and the passion and I think through you know, life experience you have a real good sense of gratitude for things and you really value things and you can't really, be, you can't really go for that unless you've been through that. So um, I think coming through the other side and being able to surf every day still and to just have that value and the gratitude for it to be back on that, on that stage and get the opportunity just meant so much to me that I knew when I got over there that I, I was like, I wanted it more than anybody. Like there was guys going for the top five and there was, you know, things to play out and people that wanted it. But I knew after everything I'd been through to get back there, like I, I was in the final 18 years ago and I dislocated my shoulder and I was like, fuck now I'm 43 and I'm back in the final. I'm not, not in the final, but I felt like I was in the final. <laughs> <laughs> it was just blowing my mind because I'm just like paddling out going, Oh yeah, it was 2004, that's right, now this and this. And I was just like, all that life experience, everything that's been, you know, all the water under the bridge to just get back and have the opportunity was crazy. And it's just through having a bit of blind faith, like just backing yourself, blind faith, not knowing, but just believing there's better things coming. And um, just taking it a day at a time. And, you know, I was sort of here at um, Snapper when the Challenger was on, I was the next guy to get a start. And I sat here with the Rashi on for four days, waiting for the next spot. Because the Aussie boys beat me and I got 11th and you had to get 10th. And I was sitting there going, fuck, I'd love to surf, I'd love to surf. And then Kelly comes down and he goes, I might not surf, I might give you my spot hog. But then the waves got really good and he's like, he surfed, so I didn't get the spot then. <laughs> like, fuck, haven't you had enough? I'm like, no, I get it. It was sort of the same thing. And then, anyway, so I saw this bit of a dip there and I was like, what am I going to do, you know? Do I just, do I sort of give it away or what do I do? And I just kept the faith and just kept, kept training a lot and had good people around me and then... You know, the opportunity presented and I had my mindset of that I was going after it no matter what. And I only found out when I put my boards on the um, carousel flying over that I got the position. So had I just got the email and gone, oh, fuck, now I'm going to go to Tahiti and get ready to do chopes, it wouldn't have worked because I backed myself, did all the work, mentally knew I was there and ready for it. It all came together. And, and So sick, man. <laughs> and, and what's the plan? Like, uh, are you going to do... Regional cues? Are you going to try and hit the Chang? Like, what's what what's your unfinished business look like now? Well, that's the thing. Like, I had the, a really challenging year last year. Some stuff with my daughter, and a whole bunch of things happened. But when I look at it on page on the paper, I, I had my best year I've ever had. Like, I got I got second at Newey when all the top guys are in it, and you know, it was a crazy event. I got second here at the Usher last year, and I sort of I class this as one of you know the best guys in Australia, and some really good surfers in the Usher Cup. So I got second there, and then. Tahiti transpired, I got fifth there, and I was just like, well, why wouldn't I do it again, you know? And I got the opportunity to it, and I think guys like Kelly and Mike and there's plenty of examples out there, and Parco and the guys that are surfing so well now, I figure, well, why not give it a try? Because you're a long time dead and retired, and while I've got the opportunity, why not, you know? Oh, mate, everyone in this room is back in your hog. <laughs> and Hippo, you mentioned before, mate, like, you know, You've had your feel, like you're feeling pretty con content to sort of let them, but that fire burns when you start seeing the swells at Jaws and stuff. Like, 
Yeah, what's your future looking like in terms of, you know, getting uh, a second or third or fourth win? I don't know how many wins you've had now, probably like 300. But, yeah, what's it going to take to get you uh, interested in these big days and if they're if you're fit and healthy and you're in, it's right in front of you? Yeah, what's look, it going to take to stop you? No, I think if I'm there, I'm going, you know. it's just, You don't lose that mindset. Um, it's, you're kind of born with it. You either, you know, when that one black one comes in... Um, there's something that in your brain that just, you know, triggers you to go. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I put myself in that position, I'm healthy, happy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying my kids at the moment. I've got young kids and they love the beach and surfing and stuff. And, um, you know, I still train every day and I love surfing even small stuff because, you know, that's the base. You know, you can surf small waves good. You can surf the big stuff good. And I've always, um, you know, had that. And, um, and having the competitive background too from going through clubs and, you know, the junior series and stuff, it's such a, a depth of um, competition in, in Australia for um, surfing. And I think that really helped me with my big wave stuff as well. But to answer your question, the hunger is still there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just around timing. And I'll chase some swells this year um, just in Australia and, yeah, see how it yeah. goes. How are yeah. the kids? I've got two, four, and seven. So yeah, yeah, when they're 13, the, 15, and 17, that's when you'll be back into the yeah, big waves, here. mate. <laughs> All girls too, mind you. So oh, I'll fuck, be you'll, be, myself over the you'll be heading to Cortez Bank, brother. <laughs> I'll be paddling. No vest either. <laughs> oh, no, nah, look, fellas, it's, uh, it's going to be short and sweet tonight, but thanks so much for joining us up here. Thrilled to have you at the Usher Cup again. And uh, inspirational stuff. Absolute legends.